Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. We are digging into the digital revolution and the incredible things that are happening in the business world, as well as in our personal lives and the places where those two things meet. We're delighted today to have one of the top executives in the sales organization at Oracle with us. His name is Jonathan Tikachinsky. Jonathan is executive vice president of Oracle's strategic clients group. And he's gonna share with us some of the ideas about what these big clients around the world are looking for and how Oracle is trying to address the needs of companies we're changing so rapidly and need to stay very innovative and fast moving. Jonathan, welcome. It's a pleasure to see you again. Yeah, great to see you again, Bob. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, Jonathan, you know, as I, as I mentioned, you know, as you the EVP for the Oracle Strategic Clients Group, it gives you the opportunity to sort of have a front row seat to see what a lot of the world's leading companies are doing as they undergo these, you know, sort of momentous transformations. So, could you tell us a little bit about that? And also for yourself, how did you get into this role and what's it like uh, day after day? No, thanks so much for, for, for asking, uh, Bob. Um, so I started my career in Oracle uh, really as a, as a client director. And I was responsible for one customer, responsible for them globally across everything that we do. And when I looked at how we did that and how our largest customers need to be managed and how we can help add value to them, I realized that we need to be a hell of a lot more professional about it, right? We need to central to our thinking. Um, so when we created this group that I've been running about 18 months ago, we did a number of things. Um, first of all, we took all of the strategic line directors outside of the regional sales organizations and created a single organization globally. We thought about, well, how do we support our customers better? Because it's not enough to have a group of people who, you know, who are responsible for the customer. They need to be able to deliver fantastic value. And for that, we went very deep across the organization, fixing small and big things, you know, getting people who are responsible for support for our customers across products, looking at how do we uh, provide architectural advice in a much more consistent way. So when you look at how you treat our customer, we treat our customers holistically, you really need to go through every part of the organization and say, okay, how do we provide better service here? And that was the focus. Jonathan, uh, you know, from what you've described there, and also it seems like one of the reasons for forming the group that you're in charge of now, the strategic clients group, is the, uh, the fundamental buyer-seller relationships have changed, the dynamics of it have changed. And, you know, you touched on this some before, but I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that, because I, I wonder if the technology industry has been maybe, um, you know, that th this dynamic exists across a lot of businesses, but maybe the tech industry, it's lagged a little bit, right? Because the tech industries have come from such a deep, you know, engineering background and proud of the products. And they want to talk about the products, but the customers more and more need to hear about what are you going to do to help me achieve the outcomes that I need to, to develop here? So how do you see that evolution? Look, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, if you look at the history of our industry, which uh, it's developed around specific products. And ever since the 80s, we've been componentizing products more and more. Mm -hmm. So to achieve economies of scale, we wanted to sell a server everywhere to everyone. We wanted to sell a database everywhere to everyone. So we, we end up, ended up building smaller and smaller components that could have more and more applicability across our customer base. When you do that, you focus more on the engineering and the production of the product 
And unfortunately, the customer ends up at the end of that decision-making process. Um, that, is, that doesn't give the, the most fantastic customer experience, right? Customers want you to be relevant to them. You want they, you, they want you to think about their value and what value they can create from your product. In the IT industry, uh, we tend to talk a lot about being a strategic partner to our customers. Being a strategic partner means to me, you know, has a very deep meaning to me. Being strategic means think about the long term, meaning being willing to make compromises in the short term in order to enable your customer strategy. And when you talk about partnership, it, it cannot be a win-lose. A partnership means it has to be a win-win. So when we think about our customers and we think about what are the principles that are guiding us when we're engaging with them, it's truly how to become both strategic and a partner to our customers. Um, and that's, that's quite difficult to do. Uh, you, the first thing is you need to earn the right to be a strategic partner. Right? And for that, you need to provide good service. You need to earn trust. Um, so it's, it's a very exciting dynamic, but one that's not easy to deliver on. So, Jonathan, let me ask one sort of follow-up on that. Um, you, you, you use the term relevance, and I think that's just so critical today, right? Because we can get, uh, in these sort of hectic times, you can get distracted by, well, I have to you know, talk about this new thing or that new thing, and my competitors might be doing this or that, and my customer, my client is changing. But you really got to stay sort of in the moment, right, with the client about what is most relevant to them, where they are, where they're headed, where they're going, and then sort of translate what you and the other members of uh, the strategic clients group are doing to be increasingly relevant to those clients. So that is something I think that is still sort of on the front edge for what tech companies are doing now. How do you how do you try to raise that level of relevance awareness within your team? Yeah. So so to be relevant, what we're trying to do is we're trying to deeply understand what our customers are working on. What are their, their own KPIs? And it's interesting because these are really dynamic things, right? Because the KPIs of a telco yesterday are different to the ones of tomorrow. Uh, and I'd love to talk about that a lot more deeply in a second. But back to the question, it is about understanding that. And, and one of the things we had to do in order to, to be relevant is actually focus and focus on a small number of industries where we think we can add real differentiated value. Um, so if you look at what we've done is instead of growing the team and creating a much bigger uh, customer cohort, we actually sh shrunk it and we focused on a, you know, a small number of industries in which we can have real value. Now, one of the things that comes with that is that not only do you have a deeper understanding because you just have fewer things to do, but you also create, a in, in effect, virtual communities of clients, virtual community of customers who in many cases, do not have even the time to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And you become part of their ecosystem and you start bringing those links between them. Now, this is becoming more and more important, as you said, simply because their industries are changing at an enormous pace. So thinking that you're relevant today does not guarantee that you're relevant tomorrow. And we need to be really on top of these things. Jonathan, I, that, that's very helpful there because I think that's, uh, that you mentioned the pace at which things are changing. So um, Oracle for what, 15, 20 years has worked across a number of industries and your group then has a special focus as you just described in a couple of areas. Um, but I think a couple that have stood out recently with some announcements that have been made have been in 
banking and financial services and telco. So could you tell us a little bit about, you know, some of your engagements there and the sort of trends you're seeing from those customers? Sure. Um, let me start with telcos. Um, I spent a lot of time in the industry and it's one that's close to my heart. Um, telcos have, have, the telecommunication industry is changing at an enormous pace. They've gone through a really difficult time. If you look at their cycles, their cycles of investment are huge. Every time there's a new generation of mobile technology, they need to invest in that. The huge shift from copper to fiber required huge amounts of investment. Now, what's happened is over the last 10 years or so, that investment went mostly into you know, fiber and, and 4G. And what a lot of the telcos found is that they couldn't actually monetize their investment. So they created huge bandwidth into the house or into the mobile phone or cell phone, uh, which uh, other people wrote over, right? You had your streaming of, uh, of films and games and content, and, but the revenues didn't go to the telecommunications operators. They went to uh, the over-the-top providers. What we're seeing now is a big investment in 5G technology. And with it, we see a huge shift in KPIs in the telecommunication industry from consumer focus to enterprise focus. And you know, um, I think the telcos are getting their mojo back. They're starting to feel that they, they're gonna have not just the big investment, but the huge returns. And then again, they, they're gonna be a hell of a lot more relevant to their enterprise customers. If you think about it in terms of 4G and fiber, what's the differentiation between one provider and another? Not much, right? The question is, do I have the bandwidth, right? Bandwidth and cost. If everyone has the same bandwidth, the only thing you compete on is cost. With 5G, there's opportunity to have genuinely differentiated services. And that differentiation is bringing new life to the telco industry. Um, and we're trying to help those telcos you know, make, make the good of that. And how about uh, Jonathan in banking? Banking is really interesting because banking is a truly global industry. Um, it is going through huge amounts of change. Um, if, you were, if we were talking only a few months ago, I'd, I'd focus mostly on um, topics of regulation. I'd focus on disintermediation. I'd focused on the challenges of bundling products when you've historically built products into siloed uh, capabilities. Um, I talk about FinTech. All of those are valid. Um, on top of that, we now need to look at huge geopolitical changes over the last few months and the impact on what, what does it mean if you're not allowed to trade with customers in specific countries? Mm -hmm. What does it mean if uh, you need to maintain data in your own country when you were running a global network? Um, so banks are going through huge amounts of change. Um, most of it is imposed upon them. On the other hand, I think they see a great opportunity. They see this generational leap from technology, uh, which will gradually allow them to move their products out of um, 40, 50 year old mainframes and create products in a much more agile way that they can bundle, they can go directly into the customer. Um, so you have that huge amount of, on the one hand, regulatory uh, and change pressure, the risk of disintermediation, but on the other hand, you see your huge opportunity to create new products. And this, I mean, I'm not sure if, any, if this is even a word in English, but to dis-disintermediate <laughs> um, by going direct to customers. 
So it's a really dynamic industry. I would say that um, the unknowns in banking are really significant. And one of the things that I see in my role is that when you talk to the CFOs, chief risks officers, CTOs, COOs of banks all around the world, there's a thirst for this knowledge of sharing information and how are you dealing with this? What's your government saying? How do you deal with your regulator? These are all questions that we're facing every day. Jonathan, I thought, you know, what you just mentioned there tied back to a comment a, a few minutes ago where you said, you know, what you and your team are doing, you can become part of the knowledge ecosystem for these clients. It's not just, I'm trying to sell you technology. I know what's going on across these industries and that expertise probably helps build that relevance you described. So a lot of what you've touched on too, right? The, it's not just that your clients are saying, hey, I need the next gen of your existing product so that I can do things a little faster and be more efficient. You're talking about transforming business models and new ways that, uh, you know, for example, in banking, you talked about fintechs and for a while right there, they thought we're going to come in, we're going to topple the big guys, and we're going to, you know, take their market share away. But now there's partnerships existing between some of these companies in the 5G. I thought it was fascinating how you said that some of the telcos have said, you know, the consumer business might not be the right thing for us, but boy, with 5G, can we be a powerhouse for enterprises? So a different business models coming up. How does your group try to help your clients, you know, apply technology to create or to optimize these new business models? Yeah, I think there are two dimensions to it. One dimension is, is enabling the change that they know they want. Mm -hmm. um, the other dimension is to dream up new ideas of and new, new partnerships between us that will enable them to grow as well. A lot of where we help is where we help break organizational barriers. If we say, look, you know, today your, your supply and demand uh, organizations are actually not linked very well. Uh, we can help you, you know, basically that tectonic plate, we can help fix it. Or in a bank, we say, what you're doing for risk and what you're doing for finance is actually operating at two very different levels of data that has to be that has to be reconciled. So we can help you bring the two together and have risk and finance operate as one element. Or if you talk about a telco and we say, you know, um, your ability to bundle uh, products at the application level, i.e., the app that people download onto their cell phones, is high, but your ability to execute that with your billing systems is low. We can help you modernize there. These are all things that they know they want to do. I and mean, these are changes that are sort of at the tectonic plates between the different organizations or different systems, which we can simplify. The second thing that we do is actually partnerships. We've announced a partnership with HSBC, for example, who are integrating their uh, commercial services into our NetSuite ERP products. Um, this allows them to provide services directly to customers. Um, if you look at what we've announced as uh, with some of our uh, telco partners. We've announced with Telecom Italia uh, a joint uh, approach to servicing the Italian government. Or we've announced a partnership with uh, Orange in West Africa to help bring not just cloud, but healthcare solutions into the region. Mm -hmm. uh, these are areas where we think beyond what it is that we have to sell. Right? This is where we think about, okay, what, what's the growth opportunity for both companies together? And that's... Uh, Quite naturally, these are the most exciting discussions we're having these days, and there's many of those. So, Jonathan, this has really been fascinating end to end from, uh, you know, the 
your discussion about the formation of the strategic clients group to some of the things you're doing to these very forward-looking ideas you've just talked about. So before we wrap up, uh, was there, I'd like to offer you the, the final word here. Uh, that's very kind of you. Um, okay, um, I'm just gonna say this, right? Uh, I think when in technology companies, we, we sort of tend to focus on having a fantastic product. I'm glad to say that we have fantastic products. Frankly, you know, I'm gonna say this, um, I think we have the best portfolio we've had in a very long time. That's not enough, right? Yeah. We need to, we need to, we have to be relevant to our customers. We need to earn their trust and we need to think about what we're really good at. And then once we understand these three things, our focus has to be on how do we deliver differentiated outcomes to our customers? How do we deliver for them things that they can't get anywhere else? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to do that ourselves. We're trying to do that with partners and an ecosystem around us because we can't do it alone. We need to, we need to work with, in harmony with other players in the industry. Um, and for us, you know, and for me in particular, I believe that we do that, we're going to make our customers a hell of a lot more successful. And once we do that, hopefully we'll become a, a lot more successful ourselves. Well, perfect. Um, Jonathan, thank you. It's been a, a very uh, informative, lively discussion about a lot of different things. Thanks so much for your time here. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much, Bob. And folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. We've been having a great chat with Jonathan Tikochinsky. He's Executive Vice President for Oracle Strategic Clients Group. Hope things are going great for you, and we'll see you next time.